Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Friday, October 23rd. I'm Wayne Pratt. In a heavily Democratic city like St. Louis, the primary often serves as the general election as well. Supporters say changes proposed by Proposition D would ensure winners have a broad base of support. Just in the last five years, we've had 13 different elections where candidates have been elected with less than 50 percent of the vote. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman has more on the ballot initiative in just a few minutes. Missouri inmates are still entering the state prison system from local jails, and some fear they could spread coronavirus among facilities. As St. Louis Public Radio's Shayla Farzan reports, state corrections officials say they are now taking steps to keep inmates from getting sick. Ronald Keepler is an inmate at Missouri Eastern Correctional Center in Pacific. In mid-July, he says a busload of inmates arrived from the prison in Bonterre, where there were active cases of COVID-19. Nobody was put in quarantine. They just took them off the bus, handed them their stuff, gave them a cell. Keepler developed a sore throat and headache about a week later. He was one of 185 inmates to test positive for the coronavirus at the prison. A State Department of Corrections spokesperson said these transfers are necessary because new inmates are arriving from county jails and must be moved to avoid overcrowding at intake facilities. But she adds they now test all inmates before transfer and quarantine them when they arrive at the prison. I'm Shayla Farzan, St. Louis Public Radio. As restrictions are implemented in more parts of Illinois to slow the spread of the virus, bars and restaurants in more than 30 counties will be required to shut down indoor service. Governor J.B. Pritzker is warning those businesses could have their liquor licenses revoked if they break the rules, and gaming licenses are also at risk for locations with those video gaming machines. This is not something I have wanted to do before. I think you know I've been reluctant to do this before because it has this very serious implication for the future of a business. I want businesses to stay in business. I want them to survive. Pritzker says the state will prioritize business interruption grants for bars and restaurants in areas that come under increased restrictions. Missouri Governor Mike Parson is seeking a full four-year term in one of the more contentious gubernatorial races in the country. St. Louis Public Radio's Jacqueline Driscoll spoke to the Republican incumbent about why he says he is the right person to lead the state through ongoing civil unrest. Parson is a former sheriff and is very vocal about his support for law enforcement. But in this episode of Politically Speaking, Parson also took time to recognize that law enforcement is and should be held to a higher standard and officers need to be held accountable. If you kill somebody because of what action you took or you didn't do everything you could to protect somebody, then you ought to be held accountable. And uh, I, I think you're going to see those policies change. And I think the one thing I do have is that experience to know really what makes a difference. Parson says he has witnessed systemic racism and recognized it's a problem. He says police reform is needed. In Jefferson City, I'm Jacqueline Driscoll, St. Louis Public Radio. As the first medical marijuana dispensaries in Missouri open their doors, price is coming into focus. Patients will pay more at the dispensary than they would to get cannabis from a licensed caregiver who is allowed to grow for up to three patients. But dispensary prices are in line with Illinois' recreational market. 
Alyssa Jank is a manager at the cannabis market research firm Brightfield Group. She says Missouri dispensary prices average between $50 and $60 for an eighth of an ounce of cannabis. This is due to capacity issues, so not having enough product available right now. Most of it's flour, but as more dispensaries and more cultivation facilities come online, we're expecting that price to decline slowly over time. Medical cannabis on dispensary shelves in Missouri comes from just one cultivator, but that's likely to change over the next few weeks. St. Louis voters will decide next month whether to change how certain city officials are elected. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman has more on Proposition D. Right now, candidates for local office run in partisan primaries in March and a general election in April. But because the city is so heavily Democratic, the races are almost always decided in the primary. And that leads to winners without a broad base of support, says Mallory Rush. She's the campaign manager for STL Approves, the group backing Proposition D. So just in the last five years, we've had 13 different elections where candidates have been elected with less than 50 percent of the vote. Proposition D makes the mayor, comptroller, board president and alderman nonpartisan positions. Voters could select as many candidates as they want in March, what's known as approval voting. The top two would run against each other in April. Rush says the change would make races about ideas. Two similar candidates that are running are at a huge disadvantage because even if voters really like their platform, they're forced to choose between the two different candidates. And so the support for that platform gets really diluted. There's little research into how approval voting works in municipal elections, but research into its use in other settings shows mixed results. Godam Dutta, an elections attorney in California, says voters all have to be on the same page for approval voting to work. And he worries about the unintended consequences of Prop D's change to St. Louis's primary election. Since you're no longer picking the de facto winner, there will be lower voter turnout. And that would mean that you'd have a less diverse electorate. The potential impact on voter turnout is among the reasons the Aldermanic Black Caucus came out against Proposition D. 21st Ward Alderman John Collins Muhammad is the caucus's secretary. When something is not good for St. Louis, it's terrible for African Americans. So Prop D is not good for St. Louis. Rush, with STL Approves, says nonpartisan voting improves the chances that a black candidate gets elected, but acknowledged she did not know about the impact of approval voting. Proposition D requires a simple majority to pass. If it does, the first elections under the new system would be in March 2021. I'm Rachel Lippman, St. Louis Public Radio. Another focus for St. Louis voters on Election Day will be the city's youngest students. Proposition R is a new attempt to raise funding for quality early child care. St. Louis Public Radio's Becca Clark Callender reports. Proposition R would raise residents' property tax rates by six cents, which would yield around $2.3 million annually to go towards early childhood services. The legislation has been built as a starting point to fix the shortage of affordable quality early childhood care spots in the city. Albert Sanders is a pre-K teacher for St. Louis Public Schools. He says that from birth to age five, a lot of critical brain development happens. And when kids reach kindergarten, teachers can tell who has received educational support and who hasn't. At my school, we get them at three years old. And you can, it's just 
a big significance. Um, you could tell a difference between a kid who's been in a, a child care center, a daycare center, or just home with gr- grandparents. Sanders says the bill would allow child care centers to hire more employees and better train them. Rochelle B. runs one of those centers, Beginning Futures, and she says especially now they need a boost. Over the last seven months, their operations have dramatically changed. We're still struggling at this point that we typically had 130 students daily for the last 10 years. We have about 50 students now. For those opposing Proposition R, there's no debate that times are difficult. But for Ray Cummings, president of the SLPS Teachers Union, that's the exact reason why the ballot issue should be voted down. He says Prop R puts the burden on taxpayers during a rough year and that educational nonprofits that have actively supported the bill should chip in instead. There are not-for-profits that have the money to kickstart and start the program themselves. And Cummings doesn't like the fact that SLPS won't be eligible for the funds. But pre-K teacher Albert Sanders says the funding will help future SLPS students by giving them the foundation they need. I'm Becca Clark Callender, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Maria Altman edited that report. Fred Ehrlich was the editor for that story from Rachel Lippman on Proposition D. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.